Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person. That was your second choice. Now that you know who you are, tell them I am living life with enthusiasm, my friend. Back up. Uh, the other day I was digging through a box of old journals and I came across one of my first journals that I uh, began to write in when I became a Christian at 18 years old. I was not raised in church and so this was my first Bible study spiral bound notebook. Oh, come on, high school. I had it out of high school. It's like that royal blue color. Now, if you're under 30, you need to Google spiral bound notebook. It was a move of God back in the day. So I had, I had dozens of them, journals. And as I began to open it, I noticed that my first study after I became a Christian was Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, book of, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 28. I just thought that's so interesting. All those years. Uh, my, yeah, I'm 57, getting ready to be 58, almost, almost 40 years ago when I began to study Scripture, that out of all the Scriptures, my first time that I had ever dissected the Scripture in, in that journal and in that time was Deuteronomy 28. If you go back and you read that, maybe you've spent some time or maybe you haven't, I'll, I'll kind of give you a few thoughts on it. It's a very important chapter in the whole Old Testament. It's one chapter that many scholars say that in that one chapter in the Old Testament, you can see the whole framework of God's plan in the Old Testament, that it holds the framework of how God works. So when you begin to read it, you see that it is a book of choices. It's basically this, this place where you can sum up how God gives you and I choices. And, and, and the choices, if you put God first in your decisions, that blessings will happen. Doesn't mean there won't be a battle. Doesn't mean there won't be some hurdles. Doesn't mean there, there won't be some challenges in our life. But when you put God first in your choices, that, uh, that the blessings, matter of fact, it says over and over again, that the blessings of God will overtake you in many ways. But then when you flip it on the other side, it says that when you live in disobedience or you run from God or you decide to go your own way or you seek your own definition, that hard things are just going to end up in your life. It just kind of says the, a lot of this is going to go on in and around your life. What's amazing is when you read this, when you get to the end of it, it's a long chapter. When you get to the end of this, it gets real intense. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it gets right into it. And in the middle of all this intensity at the end of the chapter, you'll find a key. It's interesting. Right there tucked into it is a key for us. And it's a key against the enemy that comes against all of us. And when you read it, you're not going to believe what it is. I was shocked when I read it. I couldn't believe it was this. Surprised at the truth that God gives us about defeating the enemy making a choice on how to live. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 43 through 48. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. We don't want that. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head and you will be the tail. Now, wait a minute. Because earlier in the chapter, it said that I could be the head. When you're obedient, you'll be the head and not the tail. But here it says when you're disobedient, that's going to flip on you. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, there it is and obey the commandments and the decree that he's given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you're destroyed. Nope, don't want that. Don't want that. 
These horrors, what a word. These horrors will serve as a sign, a warning among you and your descendants forever. But here it is. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy. Okay, let me push pause for a second. I can get that. Because Nehemiah tells us that it's the joy of the Lord that it's our strength. So that tells me that I got to walk in joy. I need to choose joy. We know what joy represents. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's how that works. That's how you discover joy. And when you have joy in your life, joy is your strength. So guess what? So often the enemy is after our joy because if he gets our joy, he gets our strength. We have no strength for marriage. We have no strength for faith. We have no strength for a serve weekend. We have no strength to leave. The enemy is after our joy because he wants to leave us with no strength. I get that. That makes sense to me. Amen to Deuteronomy 28. It, it, it just says it right there so clear. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy, but then it says something else, and enthusiasm. I must be something else. Enthusiasm, what a word. What a shocker. For the abundant benefits you've received. He said, stay enthusiastic about the blessing and the benefits and how the Lord has been good to you. If you don't do that, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord your God will send against you. My, my, my. You mean to tell me I can serve the Lord? I can make a choice and a decision no matter what's happening on the outside. I can make a decision today that I'm going to walk in joy and I'm going to be enthusiastic about what God has done. And in that, there is a key against the enemy of my soul, the enemy of my marriage, the enemy of my mind. Oh, you mean to tell me, sign me up for that then. That's a key to defeat the enemy is living in joy and enthusiasm. Give me some more. I want the enemy defeated. I love this scripture because it tells us that enthusiasm is just not a, 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 a earth word. That enthusiasm is a heaven word. It's a spiritual word. There's power in enthusiasm. And so often, I don't know what you're meaning. I'm not sure where your meaning is getting from when it, you think of the word enthusiasm You've got to apply to the biblical word. Maybe when you hear the word enthusiasm, you're not thinking Bible. You just kind of think, oh, that's a hype word. About to hype it up. About to hype up. Maybe you think it's only just kind of a pump it up word. Pump it up, about to pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Maybe it's just excitement. It's so, I'm so excited. It's just a fanfare word. It's just shallow. Oh, all those enthusiastic people, all those enthusiastic people, they're just shallow energy. Maybe that's what you think. Well, I can tell you this. It may mean that, but it has much more of a deeper meaning. Much deeper is much bigger. And the meaning is found in the Greek and Hebrew origin of the word enthusiasm. In the Greek, it's made up of two words, N-E-N, which means within deep within, and then theos, or theos, which is the word God, meaning God. So when you put those two words together, it means the meaning of enthusiasm in the Bible is God within. Think about that right now. 
Oh, I'm going to live enthusiastic because when God, that's God within me. Oh, how we need God within us with everything happening in the world. Oh, how we need God within us with everything that's going on on the planet today. God within me. It's used in the Bible to describe people that decide to be full of God. I'm going to be full of God no matter what happens around me. I'm going to make that decision. You see some other scriptures. I'll just rapid fire them with you. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 it says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve God enthusiastically. Romans 12, 11 in the message says, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master. Isn't this great? Great. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. I love that. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and, and, and Paul is saying to the church, you're excelling in so many things, so many awesome things about you as a church. It's in your faith, that's important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got faith. But then also says, and you're excelling in your gifted speakers. Oh, man, there's some people that are gifted. They're orators. They can preach. This is not only that. You also excel in your knowledge, smart group, degrees, Knowledge. But then it says something in the middle of all that also. Oh, it's important to have faith. It's important to be a gifted speaker. It's great to have knowledge. And then he says, and you're enthusiastic. What? You mingled enthusiasm with all those other things? And your love from us. And I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving to you as a church. We are faithful in our tithe and in our offerings, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So, dear brothers and sisters, be strong and movable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. It's how you approach life. I'm going to approach life, work, my family, others. I'm going to approach it with an entheos, God in me. I'm going to live that way. The Bible has so much to say about this idea in our life. God in me, yes. In Acts chapter 18, it gives a whole thought about this great teacher and this amazing leader called Apollos who is now teaching and, and, and bringing uh, revival to, to hard cities. And, and one of the things they say is he's such an orator. He's debating the scholars and, and there's all the smart scholars. And Apollos is, is converting them and convincing them. And it says, not only was he a gifted speaker, he did it with a spirit of enthusiasm. And then in, even in the Old Testament, the book of Haggai, it talks about how the temple is in disrepair, how the altar is, is, is incomplete, and they've been trying to get the altar built, trying to get the, the temple built, and they can't get it built, and they can't get it built. But the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Zerubbabel, and he begins to work with a spirit of enthusiasm, and they get it built in three months, what they had not been able to do in decades. It's amazing how enthusiasm will build something how important it is today. It's such a difference maker. Oh, man, it's a difference maker. I can remember I was not raised in church, so I did not have a lot of church encounters till I was 18, 19 years old, 14 years old. Friend invites me to his youth group, which was right across from the high school. I graduated from Myrtle Beach High. Come on, shout out to Dirty Myrtle. And that's where I graduated. And so right across Myrtle Beach High, there was a little church there. He said, come on over to youth group. I'd never been to a youth group. Go over. And that night, they are having handbell practice. 
Ain't no hate on a handbell. God bless a handbell. But we're, we're, I'm 14 years old. I have ADHD. And you're going to put a bell in my hand and, and, and tell me to stand there and not touch it? The guy keeps telling me, hey, hey. And he, the, the, leading, the guy leading smart, spiritual. But oh, he didn't want to be there. He was miserable. He was the opposite of enthusiasm. Dreadful, dull, no life. And he kept getting mad at me. And finally, I rang it one too many times. He says, go sit down. No pizza for you. I say, wait a minute. I'm not getting pizza? Only reason I came here was I was getting pizza. So I, I go ring the bell again when he's not looking, because that's what a ninth grade 14-year-old guy does. And he kicked me out. Of the, he started pushing me out the door. He kicked me out of the youth group. And, he, and, and so he kept pushing me. I'm there, and I, took, I swung at him. And I missed him. And he kicked me out of the church. I was 14 years old. He said, like, you can never come back. I banned you from the church. I'm like, I'm 14 years old. I'm unchurched. How do you kick somebody out of the church who doesn't go to church? Did get him pizza. And I left there, and I remember thinking, I will never darken the door of a church again. Three years later, a church did an outreach, did a serve weekend. And, and, and they, did, it was, they were fun. I saw them having a great time. Guy came over there and talked to me. He was cool. I was hot, working at the beach. He went and bought me a great snow cone, gave it to me. Listen, I listened to anybody buy, buy Brother Grape snow cone. He talked about the Lord. Two weeks later, I gave my life to Christ. Got involved with the church. I'm here today because of an enthusiastic outreach, because somebody had God on the inside of them and decided to let God out of them. It's a difference maker. And my, how we need it in our world today. Oh, we're, we're not overloaded with enthusiasm right now. We're not living in a world where, hey, too much, back it down. No, no. It's a, there's so much negative. So important today, to be honest with you. That's why I feel like the Lord has laid this on my heart because we're living in heavy and hard times. Many people are walking through a, a tough moment. There's so much against us. You have to choose it. You have to make a decision. I'm going to choose to love. I'm going to choose to live with enthusiasm. It is my choice. I'm going to make a choice in spite of what's happening around me. God is within me, and I'm going to live in theos. Just going to live it. Not everything's perfect. Not everything's just awesome and great. But on the inside of me, God is at work. Because it makes a difference. I love what John Maxwell says about this. He says, one of the greatest things you can do is to get excited about your life and to start, live, to, to start to live enthusiastically day after day. Your whole world will improve if you wait to get excited until some lucky outer event happens. Guess what? If you wait, what does life do? It waits. And if you hold back until a more appropriate time to get excited, what does life do? It holds back. You're going to hold back on enthusiasm, develop lots of patience, because you're going to wait a long time for an exciting life. Thank you, John Maxwell, for the reminder and the truth. Yeah, things can be wrong, and yeah, there's times 
we get wounded and there are things that happen in our life. But the way out of all that is not to stay in it. I think the way out is to lift up our head. Say, oh God, in the middle of all this, come and live in me. Come and live in me. I wrote down some things. He said, well, Dana, what is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm, number one, is an energizer. I like that. You know what? Enthusiasm on the inside says, let's go. Let's do that serve weekend. Let's go to that small group. Yeah. Woo, baby. Let's go. Enthusiasm will give you a little go. Enthusiasm will give you a spirit of yes. Yes. I can make a difference. Yes. Enthusiasm is an adder, not a subtractor. It's a developer, not a drain and a downer. I don't need that in my life. None. I need the, I need the, oh, it's an energizer. It'll energize you as you lead your home, as you work through those situations. Here's the second thing that is, it's an elevator. Enthusiasm is an elevator. It takes people up. It lifts the room. It lifts the team. It lifts the family I mean, we don't want the opposite, do we? I mean, just think about going on a job interview. Hey, tell me some of your skills and some of the great things about you. Well, I ju- I just, I'm just a downer. I just bring everybody down. I'm just miserable. Oh, great. Okay, great. You could grab a mint, and the interview's over. God bless you. Never see you never, okay? You're not hiring anybody. Who's that? That's their skill set. Could you imagine if your friend said, man, I just, I'm, date- I just, I'm dating someone. We're official. Oh, tell me about it. There's awesome. They bring me so low. Every time I go out with them, I'm miserable. Oh, no, no. Put that brother on the road. I don't need somebody bringing me down. I got enough people bringing me down. I got enough things in this world. Hey, I need an elevator in my life. It's an elevator. The DNA of life point. It's the heartbeat of your pastor's. That's who they are. They are elevators. That's what Serve Weekend is. That's what giving our tithe, that's what generosity is. It lifts people. We need to be lifted. Here's the second, the third thing that is it's an energizer, it's an elevator. Guess what it is? It's an eliminator. Oh, I found this to be so true. It'll help overcome problems, it'll help overcome all those daily irritations. You know, those daily things that every single day, trying to get you down, trying to come against you. It's the little irritations of life that steal so much joy. He's getting the car to kids. What are we doing today? Nothing. It's a horrible day. Just enjoy a horrible day. I can't live that way. That's not the plan of God. Yes, there may be pain. Yes, there may be trauma. But I've got to wake up with enthusiasm. I've got to believe God with my outlook that something good is going to happen to me today. Our family is blessed. We're going to make it. This is a good Sunday. It's going to be a good Monday. We need people like that in our life. Hey, we're going to make it. You wake up with that spirit. The enemy wants you to wake up every day and say, something bad is going to happen to you. I say, let's wake up and say, something good is going to happen today. Uh, I, I've been trying to ask God to help me in practical ways. And so I've been, I don't know about y'all, but the other day I was in a drive through I don't know about, if y'all notice this, but there's a lot of hate in drive throughs right now. You better be full of God when you go into a drive through these days. You better pray in the Holy Ghost. 
It's hard to get a three-piece these days. Oh, hard to get a three-piece. God bless every business owner and, and fast food. I, I pray for them constantly. I was in line. I was in Cincinnati going to preach early, like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was going, and the guy picked me up, and he said, follow me. I had a rental. I, was I said, what are we eating today for, for church? He said, well, man, you know, we're a healthy bunch. We're going, then we got a kale smoothie for you. No, you ain't got that for me. My brother got to preach. I'm, I'm this big man burning diesel. How am I supposed to preach on kale? Big man can't burn a diesel, man. I can't preach on kale. I, went, I stopped at McDonald's, got me an egg McMuffin, my man. Give me a, some sausage, Lord Jesus. So I, I was in drive-through, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm getting ready to get, I order my sandwich. I'm right there. Lady jumps out of a car, real story, in Cincinnati, takes her sandwich and throws it through the drive-thru. And she's young. I jump out by my car because I love me some fast food drama, boy. I, I get my phone out. I'm about to TikTok. That boy going to get me some followers. Woo! I'm, I'm all up in it. And, I, and she's yelling, I need him that griddle. I need him that griddle. And she's winded, about to go down. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to do CPR. I'm going to go get my sandwich. And I said, I, I said whoa, 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 because I, I love involving myself. I like involving myself in stuff I'm not supposed to be in. I, I, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, baby, get in the car. Get in the car. Let me have two McGriddles. She said, I got a McGriddle. I'm going to get you a McGriddle. Get in the car. I said, sweetheart, please give me a McGriddle. I'm so sorry. I give her two McGriddles. I said, listen, I'm going to preach at church. Well, I'm full of God. I'm a man of God. I said, listen, life is bigger than a McGriddle. Get in the car. I, turn, I pulled my car to drive through. That lady's fired up. I said, listen, we love you. The Lord, oh, thank you, G. I'm pre glory to God. Amen. She gives me my egg McMuffin. All I have is 100. That's a lot of money. I just gave her the whole thing. I said, keep the change. She said, oh, no, I can't keep it. I said, no, you're going to keep the change in Jesus' name. I bless you. We love you. Thank you for what you're doing. And I'm preaching. I'm, I mean, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Why not? They're getting cussed at constantly. I decided that day I'm going to change the world one drive through at a time. Hey, keep the change. Uh, we love you. Thank God. Why not? Why not? Listen, me being joyful, bad may happen, but guess what? Bad's a whole lot better with a shout than a depression. I've just decided that. So we, we, we make a decision to energize or to elevate, to eliminate. You say, well, how do I do that? It's real simple. It's a choice. It's got to be cultivated. It's not just some byproduct. And you know where we make a mistake? We make a mistake thinking it's someone else's responsibility to get me fired up. No, 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 no. See, fired up is not a personality type. Guess what? I think it's an act of obedience. It's a choice. Make a choice. I'm going to live enthusiastic. God's in me. I'm going to live it out. Here's the second thing I, I, I thought about how we do it is this. Hang around with enthusiastic people. Find you some people fired up. Man, I hang around with Daniel Floyd. I hang around with Pastor Chris Hodges. Uh, this team, we've had a great time. I hang around with enthusiastic people. I've made that decision. Why? Because you become like the squad you spend time with. In that small group, that dream team. I'm tired of all that. I'm not hanging out with doubters, unfollow, complainers. I'm about to block you. Negative, I will delete you. Haters, run! Well, 
Run from them haters. Run from all them hateful, racist, mean people. Get away from them. Enthusiastic about God Almighty. I love people and I love my life. I want to be around people like that. It's enough negative. And then the last thing, and this is simple. Many of you know this. You pray and invite God to come live within you. We need it. They need it. The world needs it. Make a decision to live enthusiastic. Guess what? All the they and the them in your life, all the people that you love and that are close to you, your world, your space, your people, they text me. They got a hold of me early this morning. So my people are going to be in church. They're going to be watching. Can you please let them know that I need to be lifted? I need some energy. I need somebody to help me eliminate all this pain, all this hurt, all this shame and all this guilt. We need it. You need it. And guess what? They need it. They need it. Now, I'll give you a quick rundown of my educational resume. I graduated from high school. Um, I went to Bible college. I got a two-year degree in Bible college. It's an associate degree in youth ministry, adolescent counseling, and a few hours in theology. But man, I have a... That's all I got. Uh, but I got, a, I, got a, I got a doctorate and a master's in cheer dadology. Two daughters. 13 years as a cheer dad. Oh, I, I know all about cheer, man. I'm a, a bass. Let's get that bass together. Get our flyers over here. Basket catch, chant. Lock your wrist. Lock it. Show it out. Pull your hair tighter. More makeup. Show it out. I lead a cheer dad small group right now, right now. And uh, my favorite item in the cheer dad world is called the megaphone. I love me a megaphone. Because it, it elevates. It lifts, the, it lifts things. I mean, let's go. Yeah. Well, woo. I mean, Ben's down here. Ben, come on. Everybody, let's, let's cheer Ben up a little bit. Give me a B. Give me an E. Give me an N. Who's got no hair? Who's the best dude ever? Let's all cheer for Ben. He feels better about himself. <laughs> Son, I love you. Daughter, I wouldn't want anyone else to be my daughter. Wife, nobody looked like you. You're so good. Oh, Lord Jesus. You my girl. Husband, thank you. Thank you. Hey, I love my job. I love my job. I love my church. Why not? Why not? 
was God Almighty sent his son and his son echoed from heaven. I love you. I forgive you. I heal. You can be healed. You can start over. All, all the way from heaven. It says, you're not what you've done. You can have a fresh start. I died for you. You're never alone. That's what heaven says. Let's be that church. And let's choose to live with enthusiasm. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the power of scripture. I'm just going to take one moment. If you're here and you just feel far from God. Your battery is depleted. There is no joy. There is no enthusiasm. You, you, you would echo what my friend echoed. All I've got is bad options. I pray in the name of Jesus. That you open up your heart to God. He loves you. He's there for you. You are not alone. Never, never alone. All across this room, our campus pastors are going to come, give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I'm just going to take one moment. But if you're here today and you feel far from God and you just need a fresh start, oh, a new beginning in Jesus. All across this room, with every head bowed, I'm not going to have you stand or come forward, but I want to connect with you. If that's you, can you just slip up your hand? I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. I want to invite Jesus into my life. You put that hand down. Let's all pray this together, especially if you raise your hand right there online at a campus. Pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for taking my sins to the cross. I believe that you died for me. And so today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new beginning. Fill me up with joy and fill me up with life. And thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.